0: Welcome to This Week in Hospitality Marketing, the podcast show number 337 with your host, Lauren Gray. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Hospitality Marketing, the podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Gray, and this is episode number 337. So each week we spend around 20 to 30 minutes sharing most interesting tools, news, and techniques being used in marketing for the hospitality industry. We also do a quick recap of our weekly live video show, This Week in Hospitality Marketing, which also airs every Friday, 1130 a.m. Eastern U.S. time on our TV channel, Hospitality Channel. So with that, let's get started. And now, today's new resource tool. So our tools for review, and in comparison to last week where we had 13 of them, which was our largest list ever, all about influencers, influencer tools, and so forth, if you're interested in that, please by all means play last week's episode. Awesome episode, I thought, because it was a lot of information. matter of fact, it was such good and we got great feedback and so forth. We're going to be bumping that into the live show. Uh, making it a larger conversation with more depth detail of tool usage and functionality. But anyway, neither here nor there Our tools this week. Um, we're going to make it a little bit more straightforward, a little less on the list. And that is thinks.com, THNK, oh, thanks. Uh, thanks. THNKS.com and TangoCard.com and Kingsumo.com. Let's take each one as we go. THNKS.com thanks.com is a new-to-me platform that I just started using uh, personally for my own company. Um, what this does is you are able to send people some token gifts. Some of them can be expensive. It's not as if they're not, but it can be a whole variety of things. Anything from a cup of coffee, and it's not a Starbucks gift card you're sending. It's It's a gift card for starbucks but it's not through starbucks that you're doing this um to uh Maybe a Dunkin' Donuts coffee, cup, something like six or 10 bucks, up to 150, 120, offering them a happy hour, offering them breakfasts, uh, offering them a whole variety of things. It's really uh, the diversification is what I find interesting. It can be from health and wellness to new baby gifts to pet stuff to uh, just touching base with things. And that brings its value as to what the tool does. It's a nice aggregated platform for you to create gifts. To people, which I find fascinating in its value proposition. The next one is a little bit more robust, much larger, and hence more expensive, and that is tango card.com. Tango card, um, different in the world uh, compared to things like Thinks. It does the same thing, but it has also multiplicity of, of uh, engagement capabilities, which you can use. Thanks for. I mean, you can use it for employee engagement, or you know, research participation, or wellness participation, uh, customer acquisition, customer loyalty, customer advocacy. Uh, you can do all of that with Thanks, but Tango has a more integrated metric-based analytics usage. Uh, broad platform where thanks can be one-off, like I can send it to a person or a list of people or as a response uh, value for people's participation and so forth. And it's very straightforward in that sense. Tango is a scalable version of that uh, with a lot more variations, a lot more standardizations, and it rewards based on pretty much offering gift cards to major vendors. So uh, it means you know you want to buy a best Buy card that's worth 100 bucks for this or whatever or if you're running a contest or something it has that functionality to it. so it, it's a more robust, enterprise-level engagement platform. And the third one I want to refer to is one that I've used a variety of times um, (laughs) for lots of different things. In this case, our reference to it today, kingsumo.com, is its uh, value proposition as a rewards engagement program platform. Uh, And we'll get to more of its detailed usage when we talk about technique. But those are our three tools this week. Thanks.com, T-H-N-K-S.com. TangoCard, T-A-N-G-O-C-A-R-D.com, and Kingsumo.com, K-I-N-G-S-U-M-O.com. And those are our tools for the week. Now, for this week's hospitality technique. So our technique this week, obviously related to these types of tools, is saying thank you and meaning it. We are in, in some ways, in a tremendously different environment of consumer guest engagement compared to where we were historically. Um, When I say historically, pre-pandemic. We all have had our various uh, impacts on our economies and so forth over the years. And for all of us old enough to have lived through some of them, they have their similarities and they have their differences. Um, For this, we have really burned ourselves in our relationship-building exercises. Prior to the pandemic, we were pretty much... No one not say status quo per se, but yes, status quo. We were engaging the way we had always engaged, interacting the way we were interacting. We were complaining about technology requirements that we weren't introducing, tech stacks that needed updating, communications that needed to be improved. We were talking about refinement of usage of all the things we were doing at the time. And then the pandemic hit, and our, our business, for most part, in general statement, disappeared. And then we had our resurgent moments uh, this past summer in 2021 as an example of, oh my gosh, look at all these people. And a lot of companies foregoed their consumer relationships or guest relationships to just hand me the money and give you what I can give you. And the service levels were down. The quality of services types were down. The amenities were down. The spectrum of services were down. The aggravations were up. The lack of personnel exacerbated. It really damaged our consumer guest relationships and many levels as represented by a lot of the consumer sentiment feedback from so many platforms like TripAdvisor and such that shredded businesses that used to have great reputations but couldn't do What they used to do because they didn't have the people to do it and on top of which were charging outlandish prices which raised expectations so even if they were able to have some semblance of what services they used to offer they were charging such elevated prices that people's perceptions of value and expectations were unrealistic in the ability of what they could provide as service. So there's the the dark picture to it. The good picture to it is that there's ways to begin to mend dialogue. We have lost our personalization touch. We Basically, I call it the Disney method, which back in the summer, we were dealing with the if you don't want to pay the price, get out of line because somebody right behind you is. I call that the Disney method. And so we didn't care about whether they felt bad for what we did. We didn't care if they didn't like what we offered. We didn't care for that. As long as they were paying, we would take the next person that would be willing to pay. Well, we're past that. And we're into this new variation of things. And we have fluxes and there's new perspectives. And we've had talked about it on the show, live show for many, many times these past few months, the dynamic needs of budgeting, dynamic needs of marketing and so forth. Um, But also the, the dynamic means of communication. And this podcast today is a little bit about leading into that dialogue. It's about the dynamic ways we have to to interact now be more sensitive we have to be more listening as i've said in my marketing strategies and in many conversations on webinars and summits i've been doing and so forth we need to change from a lighthouse mentality of here we are this is what we are this is us this is all we have to offer these are rates and dates and products to more of a lantern or flashlight mentality which is can we help guide you through the discovery of what you want are we a solution that you're interested in are we a product that you want to purchase Um, and And so we're more of a guidance to that, uh, offering helpful information, soliciting uh, ways to communicate with them so we can participate in their discovery process, their education process, you know, the funnel discussions we've had. And so because of that, we have to create a new way of talking to our guests. And a lot of it is literally knowing how to say thank you again in a way that's meaningful, not the traditional brush off comments you know we have we have uh, word whiskers in our society of hey how you doing do we really want to know how they're doing no it's just what we say there is ways that we can say hey how you're doing that really means we want to know how you're doing like hey 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 how are you doing what's going on that is breaking the mold well we need to do the same breaking in the mold when it comes to thank you where you're just not like oh thank you so much have a great day that doesn't mean anything. That At least you're not being crude. So please don't understand. I appreciate any kindness. Even if it's neutral in that in its intent, it's a lot better than the aggravation we see so many people doing. Um, but to do it in a meaningful way means we're trying to create a relationship with people. Where, you you know, the typical sales techniques of when you're engaging the eye contact, the body language, and the touch. Where you go and say, no, 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 thank you. Well, obviously our society and the changes that have in our society, that touching thing is not really applicable people may not like the fact that you're reaching out to them to physically touch them where before it was the touch on the hand as a focal point and so forth anybody that does research body language or used it effectively in sales knows what i'm talking about so we have to have that meaningfulness come through in ways that are tangible beyond the contrived and saying thank you in a meaningful way means literally giving them something of value flat out we're buying that value And we have to. We have to show the intent. We have to show our appreciation of what time we did have with them so that they will remember us. Because that's what we're really doing by having a meaningful thank you. We're trying to create durability of our conversation. We're trying to create a value to what we invested time, effort, content, whatever it is. We need to validate it. And that's where these tools come in. The thanks.com I like, I'm going to use in my own business to really change the thank you, which is obviously, you know, at the end of all your emails and phone calls and Zooms and everything else you're doing to a, hey, thank you. Here's something. Okay. One, that's different than everybody else. Two, that makes it more meaningful. Three, that can actually solicit additional dialogue. It, there's ways to say thank you for the purpose of what you want it to do. A lot of it can be how much you spend towards it. A little bit is the message attached to it. A little bit of the premise of why you're giving it. These are all conditions that change the value of the thank you that you're investing in. And the thanks.com tool is great for that token efforts. I think there's larger scales to it. I haven't explored those yet. I see them available. I don't know if I want to drop 250 bucks for a, a luncheon for four people kind of thing. Although it sounds exp- you know not expensive. When you think of it that way, 250 bucks is still 250 bucks. What am I thinking I'm going to get for dropping 250 on a non-committed relationship? I'm not spending 250 to make sure that they spend a thousand back to me. It's really I'm spending 250 in the hopes that I continue to do whatever it is I spent 250 for. So there's that. Tango card is a little bit more robust. I think it's also addressing some of the things that we have to rethink. and We're going to have this explored conversation on the live show next week about HR, uh, how to do it right. So this is kind of leading to that discussion as well. Thanking our employees in meaningful ways is a kind of a lost thing right now. I mean, I'm, I'm, I know that there's some companies that might be doing it right, and they can give examples of how they've been doing it right, and I welcome all those. But in general, our industry sucks. We don't thank our teams meaningfully. We don't really truly spend time investing in them in ways that they find valuable we may say well we put these training programs up and we buy them meals and we do little luncheonette things for them and we we give them little attaboys and christmas parties you know what if that's your idea of reinvestment into your staff don't waste any more of your money because you're not getting what you're paying for that is literally not worth what you're doing it because you're not getting the benefit of it The benefit of it is that you create that community, you create that culture, and you create that relationship with your team that says... We're, I'm thinking about you guys all the time. I'm thinking about ways to make your life, your work better. Yes, you're working. I'm, this isn't just all luxury and happiness. There's work involved. But we want to acknowledge those that are doing great. What we're asking them to do, and then and they're doing it better than we uh, that we than we expected. We they exceeded our expectations. We want to acknowledge them, and we want to help those people that are struggling and or have issues that are holding back their performance. That's the Thank you investment into them that you do. Taking somebody that didn't go through the normal process as well as they wanted, you wanted, or they didn't know they couldn't do it or whatever, and reinvesting additional time to bring them up to speed as to what makes them feel better about what they're doing as a job. That's investment that matters. Those are thank yous that matter. Now, the intangible of that is your actual engagement with them. The ten, the additional value of your commitment to them is acknowledging and rewarding them. And it isn't about just the salary. We've had this discussion, HR discussions already for weeks now. It's not just the dollar you're spending on paying them. It's the investment of value that they want from you. A lot of people are this great resignation program that we're going through for the past couple of months. Isn't because people don't want to work. It's what they were doing for work they don't want to do. And so they're looking for occupations and, and positions that they feel, for their values, they want to do. And to say that we know what those values are is showing how our ignorance is because we're having issues with labor. So what we have to do is solicit and, and take the burden of trying to not necessarily understand them, but be clear on who we are. And a lot of that is by being courteous, thoughtful, and listening, and attentive, and all the things we want in relationships. And from that, being consistent with it afterwards, you just don't do it through the flirtatious, and, you know, uh, honeymoon period of it. You maintain that in your relationship, ongoing. Uh, because there's enough trials and tribulations of ups and downs and goods and bads that go on. But that consistent commitment to the relationship is what keeps the loyalty of people staying, even when others try to flirt with them and come over because they're offering more money or incentives that they think will entice them to come away from you. They'll look and say, but you know what? I have so much of what I don't know you will give me from the people that I'm with right now. And that comes to the rewards and acknowledgements. So little things like thanking and having employee incentives and value proposition to them, and what have you is a critical component to what we're talking about by having a meaningful thank you. Giving unsolicited uh, rewards. Without making people run and fetch for stuff like, oh, yeah, let's have a fun contest and, and see, you know, that we're going to give this stuff away. We've seen it in marketing where it's that it's blown back in a wrong way. Teachers at a hockey event, I think where they were talking about, they had thrown a bunch of one dollar bills on a, on a mat in the middle of the ice rink. And the teachers had to scramble over and try to stuff as many of the one dollar bills under their shirts as possible because that money they could use for their classes way went the wrong direction where the sponsor thought that they were finding a creative way of supporting teachers, totally backfired on the perception of, oh, we have to now make teachers grovel for monies to spend on our students, our kids, that we should be already providing the resources for. Yeah, that went really bad. So don't give to acknowledge that you're giving it. Give it to acknowledge your thankfulness of what you're giving it for. If anything you can take as a soundbite out of this podcast, take that statement. That is a critical statement of purpose. Is to making sure you understand that the value of giving something isn't the dollar amount. It's the reason you're giving it and the hopes that it's appreciated for why you're giving it to them. That is the gift of a thank you that's meaningful. So, with that, these tools like Thanks and Tango Card are very useful for all those platforms. The King Sumo one is an interesting fit because we're going to flip the conversation back to our guests, our customers, both current real guests and potential future guests and historical guests. Because what we're then doing is soliciting their engagement with us with a reward based system share this, enter in to get more of this. It's not a reward because you bought something. It's a reward that you're willing to share your engagement with us that we're willing to reward you for. And by doing this, I mean doing it in a particular way. Not that there's only one prize to attain and make it as beneficial as you want. Make it a mega ultimate trip for $10,000 if that's what you feel you want to do. But, oh, reward everybody who participates. Nobody goes and gets left behind. By their sheer participation they get something and what would be even more valuable is less of an ultimate gift and a lot more wow i didn't expect that gifts and that is because you're picking more than just one winner or if you do pick one winner of a big gift have lots of moderate and and smaller gifts so everybody feels like you know what i didn't get that brand new car but i got the really nice headset here that's that's you know what I want to keep track of these guys. I want to know what the next thing they do. You're always going to get the clingers that are just going out for the benefit of of participating. And since they don't have to buy anything to participate, they're going to just sign up anyway. But what you can do from that, and this is met the technology behind it, is as you garner and you're sharing this because to sign up means you're sharing the information, they're sharing the information with you, you can see their post engagement with you. If they participated in like a platform like KingSumo, they get into a database. That database is used to find the winners, which is fine. It goes into your marketing database. For those people that didn't participate past the contest, and then you see them re-enter the next contest, you can identify them as people that just aren't going to be much beneficial for you. So depending upon how you pull the rewards as to how the guidelines of the laws are for you, whether you can say we're going to selectively pick out of these people based on how many things they share or what platforms they share on, you can manipulate work out the ways of making sure that those people that keep with you are rewarded for that perpetual engagement like hey if you visit our website and click here you do this and click here if you go over and share this click here those add your entries to the giveaways a lot of people that don't have an interest in your product are not going to go through all those hoops but the people that are interested in your product probably would so there's ways to make that beneficial for both the recipients meaningfully and you, the giver, meaningfully, as the value of what you're giving away for comes back to you as some sort of result, which is the business aspect of this. So, saying thank you and meaning it is our technique of the week. Now, this week's hospitality news that you should know. News and show review. Oh, what fun we had today! I, I would say we jumped on another. First off, thank you to everyone on our live show last week, or that watched and listened to our show. And the feedback I got from the live show last week about uh, get in line or you know create a new one. Didn't know I hit such a great chord with that. That was freaking awesome um it really resonated well huge audiences huge feedback great emails thank you everyone for all the insights to it and the and the appreciation i got from of that we kind of raised that question, stood on that soapbox and pounded our our chest about it. Uh, So thank you. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, by all means, please, I I, I welcome you to go back and listen to show number 336, the live show, where we talked about the stand line, get out of line, uh, leadership for 2022. I am bringing in the same kind of soapbox standing issue a little bit. And that is our topic today was what is the really useful data? I refer to data as a four-letter word, and it is, because how it is used, unfortunately, is good, bad, evil, neutral. It's not that it can't be used effectively for all of them and that it shouldn't be used for all of them, but the over-abuse of using the term data is... Not always to the benefit of referring to the usage of the data. So my subtopic to it is data for action, data for excuse, what data really counts was my subcategory of this. And what I was referring to mostly out of this is that there are four primary usages for data. Pressing a point, defending a point, validating a value, or identifying an action. Pressing a point is I have the data to prove what I'm saying. Defending a point. My data does not support your statement. Validating value. Our data shows this is what is happening. And identifying an action is this data means we should do this. Four different ways of using the four-letter word. Unfortunately, data is often used as a weapon. Well, what you're saying my data doesn't support. Or what is your data to back that up? You know, validate your point. My question in any circumstance of this is that usually the person that's using this four-letter word in and of themselves did not create the data they're referring to. They're relying upon their support systems that provide them this information as being valid and usable in the context that they're bringing that word up for. When pressing the point, my first question of anybody that uses it as either as an attack or as a deference of of diminishing your point is, great, what is your data? Well, our studies said, nope. Nope, no, no. Data means analysis and accumulation of data to create that analysis. So what are your source points and more? And this is the killer statement out of all of this. What is the statistical relevance of your data to create a confidence factor of success? If the person can't answer that question, that data is not relevant to the dialogue because As we often hear people, well, I've done my research on vaccination. Their research was going to a social media platform that their friends who were in it already were skewed to the similar opinion. And they just looked at the opinions of their friends that already agree with their sentiment of the perspective of vaccinations. That's not research. That's bullshit. Research is what a scientist does on quantitative analysis on variances that are created and sustainably repeated to show that the data that they accumulated is verifiable in a variety of, of circumstances that should deny its authenticity, but instead validate it. That is empirical process. Data has statistical relevance. Asking two people a business decision is not research, nor is it data. somebody says, I did a survey and it said, really, how many people participated in the survey? What was the validation of their participation in the survey that warranted their opinion to being relevant in the survey responses that they gave? That's using data. So when people throw the word data around to either discredit or defend, these are the weapons you need to go back as to the validation of the usage of the four letter word data. So then we pushed on that a little bit. I brought down other aspects of um, the perspectives of data between operations, revenue management and marketing. I talked very heavily about common vernacular between them, the value propositions of using common vernacular, using the the real value metrics rather than the typical what we refer to as vanity or feel-good metrics. And we talked a lot about the difference between reports and analytics, Uh, And not to get in here because I don't want to keep this. And I keep saying 20 to 30 minutes of our podcast, and the past three podcasts prior to this one were all over 30 minutes by five or 10 minutes. So I want to keep this one under our 30 minute time frame. So for that i would say pre, pre please go back to live show number 37 337 see the full in-depth conversation we had about data the good data the bad data the not important data the usable data uh it was a lot of fun to go through that process and to um, talk a lot about why you should not just use data for data sake and or just get reports just to have reports so um With that, I went over and want to talk a little bit about a quick news feature that we did talk about. And this one was about uh, the uh, Hospitality Asset Managers Association. I have had the privilege of speaking at their conference a couple of times. Um, Really kind of an intimidating crowd, to be honest with you, because these are the representatives, if not the owners themselves, of large investment groups in hotels. So one person can represent a huge amount of hotels and you wouldn't know it. Um, But they are the movers and shakers of the asset management world. Uh, and they brought out in an article from Hospitality Net uh, their top five membership concerns. And, uh, you know, it, it's kind of in some ways ironic that they refer to these, but also it validates some of the things we already know. One, the number one issue with uh, asset managers' concerns for 2022 is availability of labor. Uh, and I think that it is a matter of redefining our HR progress and perspective like again this next live show next week, show number 338 we're going to dive headlong into hr and break down what you need to do now and how you need to find the teams you're getting in the real tools that work and not the bs with it anyway we'll get there the second item that uh, the asset managers refer to as concerns for 2022 is labor wage rates can go a whole lot of different directions we talked about in greater length at the live show uh, again show 33 337 item number three for them was return of corporate travel yes we all would love to have it back. a lot of hotels were built on corporate travel demand and it's not there and what to expect is future growth obviously a great concern item number four general inflation I tend to think this is kind of a, a paper tiger discussion because we know we're in inflation right now and we know it has its cycle of ups and downs and we may not have been yet to the peak of it, but we know that it has its ups and its downs. So there's for it. And the last one that they cited as their top five is market demand. And we know that that has changed from what it was pre-COVID, pre-pandemic to where it is now, where it's now situational and regional and it's not just about municipal restrictions and or governmental interventions. It's a lot of about perceptions of availability, and we've seen COVID effect literally airplanes that are fully capable of flying but have no crews to fly in them, the logistics of all the things that we do. So we know that that has an impact to it. So that was our news feature, both in our live show and one that I wanted to reiterate in our podcast. Uh, The links to that news article are both in the live show links and in our podcast links here, which you'll be able to play back. Obviously, and see them in there. Um, so I hope you enjoyed our conversation about our tools this week on uh, the thanking process and our technique, obviously, of the meaningful use of the word of, of saying thank you, and of course our live coverage show for this. As always, um, you can find us on Google Play, Apple iTunes, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, Pandora. The list goes on. Thirty nine platforms plus. We also you can be uh, playing us back on your Amazon Alexa, Google Assistant, Siri. Just simply ask that to play the Hospitality Marketing Podcast, and it will play. No matter which one you may use, please, 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 if you like the show, uh, rate us. And of course, always leave a comment. I, I answer every comment that's on all of them. Emails, I welcome them and solicit them. I answer all of those. Send it to me at Lauren at Hospitality Digital Merc marketing.com. I love suggested topics. As a matter of fact, our whole influencer conversation from last week was based on uh, 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 reader and listener uh, uh, questions and asking if we can bring that topic up. So we had that come from literally the source that I'm mentioning to it. Of course, by doing those comments and leaving uh, ratings and so forth it helps others find our content. And if this is, of course, your first time hearing us, by all means, please subscribe on your platform that you found us on. But there's also 38 other platforms if you want to change platforms and follow us on that one as well. Archives of all of our previous podcasts can be found in replay mode on our forever playing hospitalitychannel.tv website. Um, Don't forget also, of course, our live video talk show that we do each week every Friday at 1130 a.m. Eastern U.S. time called This Week in Hospitality Marketing The Live Show. For that also, um, an endless rerun play at hospitalitychannel.tv. TV, uh, and of course, you can watch us live on our TV, on your TV, on Roku, on Amazon or Fire, or, or, you know, Kindle, uh, on the Google TV, on Apple Plus, Apple TV. Uh, just look for the Hospitality Channel. All of our live show is always playing on the free side of that. There is, of course, additional content on the pay side. It's a payment gateway much like the Network from Netflix for four dollars and ninety nine cents a month. You get additional content that only you get to on the TV channel. So, I hope you take advantage of that. So, anyway, again, my name is Lauren Gray. Thank you for the privilege of your time. And I look forward to talking to you next week. You have been listening to This Week in Hospitality Marketing, the podcast show 337 brought to you by Hospitality Digital Marketing and in support of the HSMAI, Hospitality Sales and Marketing Association International, All Right Reserve, Copyright 2022.